Let's barbecue. Yeah, maybe enough. Let's grill. A little bit? Burgers? A lot? Brats? Mm, how much? None. Bring it on. This guy hates America. He's telling you to stop eating meat in the summertime. He's Ron Dumar. Let's attack the, the great American traditions. I'm Nick oh the Curious boy. Patient, and we talk about seasonal eating sometimes, and you have a big list, and I thought, why you should eat less meat in the summertime would be kind of a sexy title here. But that's not really mm-hmm. everything that we're going to talk about. But it's interesting because you talk about warmth and cold, and you're Dr. Ron Dumar with Community Health and Wellness in Heber. I'm one of your patients. I'm curious, and we have this podcast together. But I think it's a good place to start. Why we should eat less meat in the summertime, and then what foods you encourage us to eat more of. We'll get to that in a second. And so... Don't kill the barbecue, because I'm still going to eat that that hamburger, by the way. Yeah, it's going to be really difficult to get rid of the favorite American traditions. And I don't know that we need to, uh, but, but certainly meat. When you look at meat, and we're saying, okay, when's the best time to eat meat? Well, technically, well, let's look at the characteristics of meat, especially the type of meats that we're using with barbecues. It's usually, it's usually red meat, beef, typically. Uh, and beef has uh, arachidonic acid. It's got a variety of different um, compounds and and um, substances in there as well that add to kind of nutrient density. It adds also to heat generation. Ra- arachidonic acid is pro-inflammatory. Okay. Now, inflammation is not necessarily a bad thing. And you're not anti-meat. And I'm not anti-meat. No, not at all. No. I, I think meat is actually one of our... It's the easiest place typically for us to garner nutrients from is by eating meat, eating the flesh of other animals. Now, uh, however, there are a lot of people that are committed fully to a no animal diet, right? No, which is just fine as well. It's a matter of, okay, what do I do in these different scenarios and situations? Today we're talking about meat. Okay. Okay. You mentioned the acid. So, so arachidonic I- acid. And more heat generating is pro-inflammatory. So exercise, a lot of people don't realize this, but when you think about it, you'll go, oh yeah, exercise is also pro-inflammatory. It gets a lot of, it's a blood pumping, gets things moving. It, it starts eliminating and detoxifying. We can clear things from the body. We open the pores. We release sweat glands, right? And, and we're clearing water and fluid as well. That's our detoxification process is exercise, especially for males because we don't have the monthly detoxification process. So that is a really important thing. Exercise is pro-inflammatory. It plays an important role in our health. So inflammation, just saying something is pro-inflammatory doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad. Okay, So it's not inflammation bad. It's inflammation how much right? and when. So when would I want more pro-inflammatory uh, substances in my, in my diet? Well, that would be when this, the environment is in more of a less inflammatory phase. Well, as you probably have surmised, I'm talking about winter. Cooler months, you're going to want to have warming or more warming foods to get, get the blood flowing and moving and activated in your body because the environment is telling your body ultimately to slow down and stop just like it tells the trees and the bears and animals in general to kind of be a little more dormant. Okay? So we need substances in our body that are going to help us to be able to maintain a level of activity that's going to sustain and carry us through colder months. And meat is the easiest 
uh, supply for that. So when should we be consuming meat? Um, if we're going to consume meat at all, we should be consuming it more so in the wintertime. But the great American tradition is to have meat, lots of it, in repeated amounts every weekend, right, for all the celebrations that we take that take place during the summer months. Or no... The barbecue. No, no jovial joking aside, uh, just every day people eat meat. Yeah, some people just like... All year round. Burger, 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 right? But... Or I'm like that, but I'm like grass-fed. There you go. So you're making choices. I'm making choices. There you go. That's steps. Apparently there's lots of nutrients in the the ground beef. So anyway, I actually eat a lot of it. So I'm just curious, like, if I'm supposed to wean off of it during the summertime for the reasons you just sort of outlined, and probably we could go more into that, what does that look like? I mean, why would I do that, and, um, and how do I do it? So in the in the summertime, let's look at our level of activity as well. Um, in things are very active. There's a lot more heat. It's very expansive. Our vessels tend to be more open and expanding. Think of your cells. Your cells don't have to be clumped together because well, it's warm outside, and so everything's expanding. Uh, every people tend to be, you could say, even from a psychological standpoint, people tend to be more relaxed. Mm. right in spring summer that spring summer phase it's like hey you know oh, that guy's wearing flip-flops oh he just put shorts on and everybody seems to be a little more chill and relaxed and that's the barbecue setting as well we're out just kicking our feet up we're on the you know the back patio and we're hanging out with friends and that's what what is great about uh, the barbecue that's what's great about summer and spring is that we can enjoy that time together so how do, we, how do we go about saying, I want to participate in these wonderful activities. I want to be social. I want to engage in, in the freedom and the openness and the expansiveness that I'm, that I'm feeling the environment is giving me through the warmth of the sun, that are the, the rays that are more directly hitting me now, right? So how do I engage in that but not be engaging in it in a way that's going to take me too close to well, the sun, let's say, or too close to being overheated. If I'm over-consuming or consuming meat repeatedly day in and day out, and I have a hot environment, it's a lot higher likelihood that I'm going to develop inflammatory type of conditions uh, in my blood, cardiovascular Mm. system. Um, Very likely I'll start depositing cholesterol and develop fatty placking or having oxidative stress develop within my cardiovascular system. And that's because I'm pouring too much heat into the body all at once, okay? Well, so some people say, well, how, what about a cold, taking a cold shower? Well, that's something that could actually mitigate that effect for you in the summertime if you were one of the people doing an ice bath or doing a cold shower. Um, but, but let's just go back to the meat for a minute. This is what I would do. How do I reduce my consumption of meat during the summer? And that is, that is, I would say, to maybe limit the amount of meals that you have in the summer. So you could have two large meals a day as opposed to three. Um, some people eat six, right? Uh, I, I am a fan of getting your um, calories and your nutrients in in a, in a window, right? Somewhere between a... Um, eight and a 12 hour window to consume um, your food and your nutrients. 
So if you can consume your food and your nutrients within that window and have, say, two meals, um, that would be ideal. And then it's like, okay, am I eating meat for both of those meals? Am I eating sausage? If you can have just one of those meals contain meat, well, that's a good step. Or like you're saying, Nick, if I can change the type of meat. So meat itself, certain types of meat, have different um, ratings of generating uh, inflammation. Okay, So your chicken, for instance, is going to be a little different than the beef. And uh, lobster... <laughs> is going to be different than your beef as well, right? So is beef on the highest end? Beef is is warm. It's not quite on the highest end. Actually, lamb and goat are on the highest end, mm. believe it or not. Um, in the More in the moderate, it would be pork. So a lot of people tend to like pork. That's a, a neutral where I would say it's more neutral. Beef is, is more warming. And then you've got the lamb and goat that are hot. The things that are cold or cool are like clams. Um, lobster, uh, some of your deep sea. Where's salmon in there? Salmon, salmon. I would put at uh, the cool. Okay, so salmon might be a better alternative to ground beef. Absolutely. So throw throw a flank of salmon on there, right? A little bit of salmon. Uh, change the meat. Maybe if you're if you're feeling real uh, adventurous, try a lobster on your barbecue. I don't know a lot of people throwing lobsters just randomly on their barbecues, but, um, you could definitely do fish, salmon. Um, you could even do chicken, right? So chicken is, uh, somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Chicken, chicken is actually, um, a, more of a neutral, neutral to warm. Do you recommend chicken? Isn't a lot of it fed a bunch of Corn so, and yeah, so you're bringing up a totally different right. topic right now too, which is um, I almost talked about that a little bit with the ice baths. A lot of these people that do the ice baths, they'll clean the basin and they clean it with chemicals. Okay, so it's like okay, yeah, you're if you're cleaning with chemicals and you're dipping in an ice bath, you're absorbing these chemicals into your body as well. Well, those chemicals are inflammatory. But if you're doing an ice bath to try to control some of the inflammation in the body and to elicit a nice immune response and to uh, support the uh, autonomic nervous system, well, now we've just added another layer of, of trouble, so to speak. So, yes, you have to be careful. Chicken is probably one of the most uh, rampantly abused um, meats, I would say, as far as the way that it's raised. And you look at some of these farming um methods that they've gone about with chickens. Some of these chickens can't even stand. They're raised, but they've never even stood because they they grow so quickly Ugh. because they pump them full of hormones and they, the feed that they're using. And, and then they just boop, they slaughter them before they even hardly have a chance to stand up. So it's worth spending the money on the organic chicken at the health food store or whatever? It's worth uh, your, psych, your psyche. Yeah. If okay. you if you're a person who again it depends on where you fall. Some people are just like, eh, whatever, man. This is what we've been doing for years. We raise chickens, and hey, if that's if that's where you are, I get it. Uh, but but not everybody is there, okay. uh, and some people can't be there. They feel like because of price or whatever, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So expensive. we're not here to fault people, but we are. I I mean, I I think it's important to do something. Let's put it that way. Regardless of what you choose to do, 
choose to do something that you feel is making the world a better place. Which could be making you a healthier person. Absolutely. So obviously chicken is a more neutral meat. I mean, and you're telling me that the inflammatory nature of these more red meats can can probably make you less well in the summer months. So give me other tips I can implement. Obviously, you're saying if I'm trying to eat within the 8, 12-hour window, whatever, probably better to have it like maybe a big lunch. I would I would do a big d- lunch. I would have super healthy. Think of like the healthiest thing you can put together, right? And that doesn't mean meat is not healthy. But um, super nutrient-dense, I would say vegetable-heavy Fruits, fruits are fine, really good for breakfast too because they do have good quality sugars in them, right? But that when you break your fast breakfast, that first meal of your day, it should be very nutritious. It should be nutrient-dense. And it should be ready to power everything that you need to go take on that day. That's what you should be thinking of with breakfast, right? And so that's why I've said recommended maybe just doing two meals rather than three because first of all when you're going to fit three meals into a an eight hour period if that's the span of your consumption Uh, and then the other one is looking at it and saying okay let's say i start and i have my breakfast around maybe nine ish i have my breakfast around nine eight or nine and not everybody can do this okay it might have to be earlier but then if I did that, I might finish my, I might have my next meal around three or four, right? And then I would be done for the day. Now, social, when you look at social events and interacting with friends and different things, I realize there's so many different things that need to be taken into consideration there. And you might alter it. You might say, okay, well, in this case, I'm actually going to have my breakfast be closer to 11 or noon, and then I'm going to go to this barbecue with my friends and we're going to, you know, socialize and relax and have a really good time and I'll make some healthy meat selections there. But but that's going to be a significant meal for you as well. So what are the, um, I don't want to go too long on this. Maybe we can talk about some of the vegetables and fruits that are really good for summer months. Because I said we give people some alternatives People also might be like, hey, that's not filling me up, dude. Like, how am I supposed to get full at a meal if I can't have my steak or my ground beef or whatever, lamb? Um, like, what, what? how do I get full off a meal and not be hungry in two hours? So maybe just give me some of the food, you know, whether it's the veggies or the fruits or... For sure. So Are grains inflammatory? Like, I don't know. Yeah. And again, everything has a, uh, has <laughs> a spectrum of heat, right? Uh or a burn property or temperature at which it's consumed. And so um, the higher the burn property, uh, the, the more amount of heat it takes to burn something, the colder that substance is, right? The more dense, you could say, or heavier that substance is, or cold. Um, so things like cucumber, right? Cucumber is really good to consume and to eat. It's very cooling. It's very anti-inflammatory. Um, celery, is very anti-inflammatory. How about cucumber skin? Cooling. Is cucumber skin good? Yeah, you can eat cucumbers. Again, if, as long as you wash it. Okay. How do I properly wash my veggies? <laughs> so with water, water is the water. In my opinion, is your best cleanser unless your water is not clean. So if your water is clean and you have a good, adequate source of water, that's your best cleanser. Um, some people have these uh, systems where they can make 
more alkaline water. And cleaning with alkaline water is, is great, or they'll soak their veggies in alkaline water. And that's a perfectly good way to try to get some of the um, pesticides or residues off. We had our, our um, we got a report just recently from the city on the water quality. I don't know if you received that. But we got this report, and I was reading through it because, I well, I'm super curious about the water quality. I have a full um, home filter, water filtration system in my house anyway because, to me, water, your water source is huge. It's everything. And we get contaminants in our water um, sources for a variety of reasons. The re- and I was looking through each of the different po- potential and possible contaminants that they were testing for, and they showed when they tested and the amount of the contaminant. And I, I just thought it was interesting because the reasons that they were giving, and some of them were like, well, this comes from orchard orchard residues. And they didn't necessarily say, you know, chemical toxicity that's sprayed onto your food. But the orchard res- residue, that's what it means, right? Is some of that residue ends up in our drinking water. Now, if some of that residue is in our drinking water, then some of that, those food products end up on our plate. Now we have an overall higher amount of chemical toxicity and exposure, right? So uh, we've kind of jumped back into this chemical toxicity uh, or chemical exposure discussion. But I think it is important for people to recognize that we can get it in so many ways. And oftentimes, even though you may get a water report and it shows oh, it's within the acceptable range, it doesn't mean that you're not necessarily getting it somewhere else. Fluoride's another one. One of my favorite favorite reasons that they gave for the the fluoride contamination within uh, the municipal water was added as a supplement for healthy teeth. And We'll have a, let's do a different podcast on fluoride. Can we write that down? Sure. On fluoride and teeth and whether or not that's actually a healthy supplement to, um, to provide adequate enamel strength for your teeth. Uh, because uh, I definitely have some questions on that. But that was interesting for me and I, I had to chuckle a little bit because here throughout, throughout the whole public idea, the, the whole culture it's through our public health systems. It's like our water and these and these the idea is that this chemical fluoride is somehow healthy. It's health promoting. And I I think we have to really ask the question, is it? So we went off on a tangent. We're there. talking about meat. So washing yeah, and washing vegetables, you asked. Me. I, I brought it yes. there, yep. So Use water. Use good, clean water. It's the best way to wash your vegetables. Scrub them a little bit if you want to. Sometimes apples. Uh, apples are really known to have a lot of toxic sprays to them. They're also known to have a wax residue, a waxy residue sprayed on them or applied to them to try to prevent. Um, it, it allows for a shine. So when you buff it up, it allows for it to look really shiny. And it also prevents it from looking like bruised or from getting certain um, um, pests and things in it. So if you want to get rid of a waxy residue, you'd have to soak it in warm or hot water, right? And so, you know, doing the typical brush on your shirt, well, that helps and it buffs it up and it looks real shiny, but it's not necessarily getting the, rid of the waxy residue. So should I just peel my apple? 
So, well, if you peel your apple, that solves the problem. But there are a lot of good nutrients and anthocyanidins and um, antioxidants and uh, anti-inflammatory substances in the peel of Mm. the apple. Of course there are. Yeah. Complex. So we've talked about watching your veggies. Asparagus is another good cooling food. Asparagus can also be beneficial for the kidneys and and the renal system, the urinary tract. Um, So asparagus is a good one. Let me, bananas, bananas are really good. Uh, Obviously seaweed, if anyone's eating Mm. seaweed. My kids love these seaweed snacks. Yep, mine do too. Uh They really like those. That's a very cooling food. It comes right out of the ocean. The meat in that area, right, the, the lobster and the crab, the, the clams we talked about were very cooling as far as meat sources. Um, dandelion. So dandelions we usually look at as pests. But if you put dandelion greens in your salads, it adds an antiviral, an antifungal, an anti-cancerous uh, effect to your salad. And it's very anti-inflammatory, very cooling. So these are things that you can do to mitigate. Let's say you you are at a barbecue and it's like, okay, what do I want to do to try to balance out my consumption of meat? Well, maybe I don't have to just eat meat in the winter and only eat veggies in the summer. Maybe if I aim for some sort of neutral ground, I could eat more warming or hot meat like goat or lamb. And I could consume that with some cool vegetables or fruits and bring my overall diet into neutral. So what are some good um, summer fruits that are going to be cooling? Watermelon? Uh, yeah, watermelon for sure. And that's a classic one everybody knows, right? People love the melons, watermelon especially. Uh, but banana, I mentioned banana before. Yeah. It's cold. It's not just cool. It's considered cold. And there's not too much sugar in these? So banana can have more sugar. But again, the fruit sugar, the fruit sugar that you're getting from banana, it's a real food. So let's, like, don't be careful dancing around um, processed carbohydrate sugars that you find on your shelf or added sugars versus fruit sugar. Fruit sugar is is also bound. It's generally bound to other minerals, which give it a less inflammatory effect, and it provides a cooling effect to the body. So the density of minerals that are in your food actually... Uh, result in less likelihood of spikes of insulin. Okay. So other other uh, fruits, cranberry, grapefruit, mangoes, persimmon, all of those are um, very, very cold or cooling. You can also do uh, avocado. That's one of my favorites. Is that good year-round or is that especially good in the summertime? Uh, it's cool. So it can be used year-round. Um, and you often use um, avocado in combination with peppers, right, or with spices, with warming foods. Um, and so that would bring more of a neutral substance, right, for your consumption. Avocado I would use year-round. I, eat I use it year-round. every day. I don't even love the taste, but I'll have it with eggs in the morning, and I'll just yeah. be like, this is good for you, Nick. So I like avocados, and I like bananas, I really like avocados and I like bananas. Um, I think they're easy to get. I think you have to be careful uh, sometimes with sourcing them. But but typically because of the thickness of the banana skin, right, and the thickness of the avocado skin, 
it's protecting the inner fruit enough from any toxic exposure, chemical residue, or anything, that they're pretty darn safe foods to consume. They're anti-inflammatory. They're very cooling. So remember, if you're eating those in, in large amounts during the wintertime, you'd want to make sure, you know, you could add some cinnamon. Cinnamon uh, with your banana will help to, um, to warm it up because it's a warming spice, but also it's going to help with any sort of nefarious effect that the banana people worry about because of the sugar content causing problems with um, glucose in the body. So your cinnamon actually counteracts that. It helps with utilization of, of sugar in the blood. So, and it will help warm your, your meal overall so it's not so cold, it's more warming. The cinnamon? Cinnamon, yeah. Wow. You learn something new on the Be Well Now podcast every time you listen. Every day. Where are we? Are we, are we good? Are we feeling all right? I'm good. I'm good. Wherever you want to go, man. I'm, I'm feeling good about this. I'm going to try to add some of these cooling foods to my meat and then see if I can eat less ground beef and maybe try some chicken. Yeah. And uh, maybe some salmon. You so know? what I aim to do personally, I'll leave you with this note. What I aim to do with most of my meals, all of them really, not even, I aim to have half of my plate be veggies. Half of it. Visually. Yeah. Half of my plate. And usually it's like a little piled up too, right? So you could have steamed veggies. You could have veggies on the grill. You could have, you know, however you want to do your veggies. Veggies that are steamed are probably the best, especially in the winter because you've added a, 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 an amount of heat to them and you've made it easier for your body to digest. You can have raw veggies like cucumbers and carrots and dip and things like that or whatever in the summer, especially uh, if you're at a barbecue and getting ready to eat the meat, right? So it's going to help with the cooling factor of things. But I like to have, when, I'm at, when I actually have my plate, I like to have half of my plate be veggies, okay? And then a, I think of a quarter of my plate being the meat substance and then maybe a quarter of my plate being something else, a grain, maybe, um, or, or not really much at all. Sometimes I just have the meat and the veggies. That's, I, I would say most frequently, that's what I do. Good times. We'll, uh, we'll continue this conversation on another episode as we progress through the, uh, through the summer months. But this is a good, good primer for folks as, uh, as we try to enjoy our food and enjoy our lives. And be well now. And be well now. Namaste. Namaste. Namaste.